everybody. Shkoyach for coming. Thank you for coming. Kislev, um, we continue to learn. Sponsored by the Brenners in memory protection of Tovia Ruben ben Chaya Hadassah, proudly serving in Aza. Miriam and Avram Deutsch, honor of the 30th Aliyah. Mindy Barad, thanks to Hashem for Nisim, past, present, and future for all of Am Yisrael. But the week, this week is sponsored by Tzvi and Yael Katzman, in honor of the first year of Tzvi's Abba, Avram Moshe ben Shlomo Zevakon, Vesir Zechon Alibrocha, and that all the Chayalim should complete the task at hand and come home safely. By Zahava Englard and Norman Shapiro, Vizchus Baneinu, Nechum Ba'aza, Avram Yosef ben Zavadina, Ve'ezer ben Miriam Ilana, Shiachzeru Yachnim Kon Chayalinu Benitzachon, Veshalom, Briim Baguf, Ubriim Banefesh. We have a great piece today. We have, I mean, hopefully it's always a good piece. We have, a, we have a, just a beautiful, beautiful a gift from Rav Kluger today. Rav Kluger on Hanukkah. I mean, it's, can't, can't, uh, can't get to the Nerot faster. Put it like that, if you can pass these around. This is a very, very special piece. Um, I think that um, we need this more here for a you know, sometimes with, with Rav Kluger's Torahs, they're either like so out there and, and you have to work so hard to get through them and all these different connections and serufim and, and sometimes he just says something so, so uh, nagish, so accessible, so accessible. And today what we're going to be seeing is that Rav Kluger is going to bring us to look at Hanukkah in such a beautiful way, in such a lichora, lichora, it seems such a simple way, but I think very much shayach for us today, and especially, uh, you know, I always, um, I always get very intimidated by the nerot because I show up to the candles expecting it to be like, uh, you know, forgetting I have five kids, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna come, I come with like half of my svarim to the candles, I sit there, it's you know, with the guitar, and I'm like, oh. Write three nigunim, you know, learn 15 pieces, and you know, I meditate on the candles for an hour and a half. It never, never happens. Uh, it happened, it happened the last time probably when I was like touring and I was alone in a hotel room. And then, like, that's the last time it happened, like, who knows how many years ago. I used to happen, I used to travel a lot on Hanukkah, Dafka. But there, there's a simple, there's also, like, there's all the, there are also kavanas that all you gotta do is like take like a minute and just remember and go weiter and go forward with it. And this is, re- this is really that, like just like a minute of just remembering and being open to learning the story of Hanukkah again from the beginning. So we'll get right to it. This, the topic is Chidush HaNitzachon Be'etzem HaYetziyah LaMilchama Be'yamim Ahem B'zman How practical, huh? No, no, a while ago. Not, not now. <laughs> they're all, they're all words of. Uh, they're always thinking about every day till Mashiach comes. Okay. Hine kol hayamim tovim v'hanisim shenasu liYisrael hayu beofen shayu gzerot kashot laAm Yisrael ubechazdei Hashem itbarach nitzlu mihem. So, most holidays where we where we celebrate. Uh, like the miraculous side of things, like the nace of it, right? The miracles that were done for Am Yisrael, what's the format of the, of the, of the holidays that are like miracles? It's simple. 
there were gzerot kashot. There was an evil decree. And then, with chasdei Hashem, thank God, we were saved by it. Like and then we eat. And then we eat, right? That's the, that's the format. Right? Hanukkah's no different than that one, right? And it, that, that, that's the format, more or less. Kegon, like the greatest example he gives, but we can do this with other Chagim as well, especially Pesach. Kegon, Hanes Shea Bepurim, Shagzera Nigzera Ekekav Ekevkach Shechatu, Vayerida Bamatzav Shel Am Yisrael. Like, let's look at Purim on the Pshat. What was the, like, when you look at the story of Purim, what was taking place? There was a bad, evil decree on us. Yeah, it came through the pawn, the puppet called Haman. What would, what, how did it result? Like, what, what, what brought about it? So we all know the reason why the, the, the Megillah opens up with the story about the Sudava Chashverosh shows us where we were at, right? There was a Yerida. There was a Yerida in Am Yisrael. It was kind of like we were tanking, right? We were tanking. And then there was a Gzera in Am Yisrael. Hayta Gzera Kasha Begash Minut Uveruchniut, Rav Kluger says in the third line. There was a Gzera Kasha both physically and spiritually. Right? There was a gzera to... When you say you're going to be wiped out, that also means your spirit's going to be wiped out as well. Ve'az, and then we know the end of the story, and we say it every, every Motzei Shabbos. Le'yudim ha'ita ora v'simcha v'sason v'ikar. And then the story flips over, and it's amazing how some people... Some people forget, like in their own lives, they live in Megillus Esther, but they, they forget that there are chapters that come after Perek Dalit and you know, Gimel Dalit and Hey, right? But that's really what the story of Purim was. There was a Gzera Kasha. Things were really bad. And then, and then, That's the format of a lot of miracles. We, we, went, we went off a bad Gzera, and then it flipped over, and then Mazel Tov. And then there's a, then there's, then there's a Yantov. That's not the story of Hanukkah. Even though you're saying, what do you mean that's not the story of Hanukkah? That's, that seems exactly the story of Hanukkah. He says, we have to relearn the story of Hanukkah. Because what happened on Hanukkah, and this next line is the, is the tamtzit. How do you say tamtzit? Yeah, that's a good one for this. It's the essence of this teaching. Hanukkah is dealing with something else. Because it wasn't necessarily about a decree against Jews that put us in danger, but something else was going on with us. Etzem Hatsura. The essence of our tsura. Now tsura literally in Hebrew means like shape or form, right? The shape, the form of of what it meant to be a Jew was changing. And that to a certain extent is a much more dangerous situation than when you have a decree on you that you're going to get killed. Because then the whole, you know, cause and effect, the whole miracle and non-miracle, then that whole miracle, that's how it works, the miracle format. But here we're talking about, Rav Kluger says, etzem hatsura, the shape of a Jew, the form of a Jew. And we're going to discuss what that means exactly. This was what was going on. And that's why the miracle of Hanukkah, the story of Hanukkah is different, but... How are we going to get to a place of understanding how it's so... Like, let, let's, let's figure out how are we going to understand how it's so different. The Klal Yisrael, as a Klal, started to look very, very different. Now, this is important. When he says over here that Am Yisrael, the Tzura, started to look different, 
just want to make it clear, we're not only speaking about that people started dressing modern. Right? That's not the Indian of that the Tzura of Am Yisrael started looking different. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you and I are not, we're not necessarily dressing the way that, you know, Yidin dressed hundreds of years ago. So, what about us? We're also Nishtane Etzem We're not talking about these kind of things. We're talking about something much deeper that was, that, that was changing, and that's what we have to dis- discuss in order to, in order to understand and take in the depths of what this miracle of Hanukkah is all about. Okay, next line. This is again very mamash pashut lashon today. Very pashut lashon. Very simple language. Hinebe, Adina, do you want one? Hinebe, does anyone need more? Are there more needed? Oh, there are. Okay. Hinebe derech klal, second paragraph. Hinebe derech klal, mekirim et hamaaseh shel Chanukah miyemei hayaldut. Come on. We know Chanukah, like, it's one of the stories that the Chanukah and Purim, we know better probably than any other story. Maybe Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, but Hanukkah is something since we're kids. We know the story. We know it since we're kids. We know but, that story, though. So this is where he's going. This is where he's going. You see what happens to us. When we know the story, the way that we remember it since we're kids, so we generally just know the story, and every year we try to find good words on it. But it doesn't cause us to look deeper and learn more about the story. Like if I asked you right now, what's, what's the story of Hanukkah? So we would probably be able to say, and I would ask you on Pshat, what was the story of Hanukkah? So we'd probably say the story that we, that's based on the way we learned it, actually since we're little kids. And we could try to sound holy and cute and deep and say some nice vortlach on it, but... It's more or less the same story that we know since we're little kids and we had coloring books and, you know, we're, we're whatever it is that we were playing with that reminded us of, 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 of Hashmonaim and uh, Shemen, you know, Beit HaMikdash, Yevanim. So again, in Hanukkah I know from the days of my youth. Bless you. Bless you know what happens is that it doesn't make me look deeper every year into what the actual miracle was. Ach, im k'tat nitbonanim but if you actually take your time and look a little bit wider, not necessarily even deeper, but wider, wider means on a time frame, if you look at the picture of Hanukkah on a, on a, a mamash, on a calendar, but you kind of like rewind a lot more than just the story of Hanukkah, then you understand the miraculous, beyond nature, nature, the supernatural origins of what Hanukkah is all about. So when we think of Hanukkah, how much time do we think about? In a time frame, we say, like, so how long was the story of Hanukkah? I mean, come on, don't, don't try to sound deep. You see, I, I, I try to just say, what it like the way you say it in David <laughs> as well. The Kavu Shmonatimeh Hanukkah, if you want to extend it a little bit, you'll say a few months. Vetulo, and not more than that. That's the way we were born. That's the way we were raised. And you're not doing anything wrong because Chazal instituted that Lashon also in the Alanisim. Vekavu Chanukah Chazal instituted eight days. 
However, if you, if you zoom out, Rav Kluge says you're going to see something much bigger than those eight days. Very important. ובנוסף על זאת, בדרך כלל מספרים את המעשה של חנוכה בסוף המעשה. Third paragraph, right? Usually when we talk about חנוכה, all we're talking about is the end. We, we, we speak about it's the result. דהיינו, שמספרים בעיקר את החלק של החשמונאים שיצאו להילחם במסירות נפש, ואין מתבוננים כל כך באריכות הגלות ובגודל ההסתרה וההעלמה. So we focused very much so on the Gvura of the Chashmonaim. And maybe he, he doesn't say this, but we could add, we're focusing on the supernatural miracle of the lasting of oil. But that's all regarding the end of the story. So like when we think of Hanukkah, oh, two things. And then the Chazal's debate on what you're saying halal over, you know, it's very famous, very famous Gemaras and... And in the halacha, we go back and forth trying to figure out, well, what is the ikar of Hanukkah? Is it the war of the Chashmonaim, or is it the nace of the Pacha Shemen? And in the Mepharshim, they're going back and forth trying to figure that out. So it's not our fault that we're so glued to the end of the story of Hanukkah. That's how Chazalah kind of gave it to us. But Rav Kluger is saying, but a yid has to mamash stretch their vision. Stretch their vision. Look, look out, zoom out, and understand that coming up to Hanukkah, not the days before Hanukkah, and not a few weeks before Hanukkah, and not a few months before Hanukkah, there was what he calls over here, Godel Ha'alama Ve'hastara. There was Ha'alama, what does that mean? Lashon of Ne'elam, that's Ne'elam, hidden and Hastara, and concealment. There was such a hidden, hiddenness and concealment proceeding before the story of Hanukkah, that we don't really understand it. Like, look at us. Look at us in our lives. We're experiencing two months of, on the one hand, Gvura Me'en Kamoha, but we can't ignore the fact that Simcha's Torah was the greatest day of Ha'alama and Hastara that our generation has ever, ever tasted. And that was just one day of it. And look what it did to our system. Rav Kluger is going to show us you, you don't realize what was going on for so long, much more than one day, much more than eight days, much more than one week, much more than one month of living in a state of concealment. What does that mean? What does that mean that we were living in a state of such a, such a grave concealment and hiddenness? In the fourth paragraph, That means, if you learn a little bit, or you read a little bit of the Jewish history books. Now, why am I not saying Tanakh when I say Jewish history books? Because it's not in it. It's not in it. However, we do have plenty of documentation uh, in regards to the state of Am Yisrael at that Kufa. What period of time is Hanukkah? Well, first of all, let's just get a little bit clearer. Um, I'm not testing anybody. I'm just trying to like, make it clear to us. What, we're not in the first Beit HaMikdash, right? We're in the second Beit HaMikdash. And which prophets are... Do we have any prophets that are around anymore? It's the end. It's the end of Chagai's Haryan Malachi, the last prophets. So Am Yisrael is experiencing a completely new way of relating to closeness to God. We have to keep that in mind. That is what's happening 
the years, bless you, the years before the story of Hanukkah, it's a new way that we've never, we didn't have to, we never had to live like that before. It was a completely different thing. When the prophets were there, it's not that everyone was a tzaddik, but there was some kind of a stream of a flow of consciousness, a flow of non-concealment, which is called hitgalut, revelation, that was taking place. This is what was going on in the Am at that Kufa. So he says, that if you're, if you're learning the context of the story of Hanukkah, and what happened before, you could stand there, you'll really be like mamish astonished by the Gvura of Matityahu and his children. It doesn't just mean you'll be astonished about their heroism, but the fact that they even went out to war in the first place will freak you out. It'll, it'll, in a good way. Shemalchut Yavan Samu Lematara Lishanot Torat Yisrael Mibifnim. The Greeks, what was their purpose? What was their, what was their target? Their target wasn't to kill you. The target was to uproot you from inside, from the tzura of what a Jew looked like until your time. Lishanot Torat Yisrael Mi Bifnim. Going inside and changing what it means to be a Jew. That was the Greek target. Bifchinat Meharsaich Umachrivaich Mimech Yetzel. That basically we say this quite often when we speak about Sinat Chinam that we are our greatest destroyers. They were trying to cause that to be the mitziyut within the Am. That from within us, we would be self-destructive. They didn't come to us and start killing us. They, they caused, and we're going to see this in a fascinating way like today, they caused us to become self-destructive from the inside. And it's not necessarily the concept of senat chinam, or that we started doing a verot, which caused this almost complete self-annihilation and self-destruction. It was something else. The third line in the fourth paragraph, The situation was dire. We never experienced till that time such a tzara, just like we today in 2023 have never experienced such a tzara as an am like we're experiencing today. This is important. What does it mean? What's a Hellenist? What does a Hellenist look like? Think about it right now, like physically. What, what, what does a, when we talk about Nitiavnim and other, what does a Hellenist look like? What do they look like? What do you think? That's a midah. I'm talking about physicality. Were they wearing a kippah? Armor, no? Armor. Were, they, were the women covering the wearing tichels? Kivyachol, so to speak? What do you, no? They dropped it? They became not from? So this is the question. When we say Hellenism, we always go to thinking, oh, we just became like, you know, completely consumed with Greek culture and we stopped looking like Jews. This is where it's tricky. That's not exactly the story. We were both. We, we looked like a different type of Jew, but we still looked Jewish. Do you understand the difference? Like usually the way we are as kids, oh, mitiavnim means those that 
completely gave up the identity of being Jewish and, and took upon themselves whatever it meant to, to, to look like a, like Greek. It's, it's both. You see, this is what's so confusing about this klipa called Yavan, that it's mamash the most dangerous one. So uh, I'll tell you something crazy. A therapist, uh, a psychologist, no, what was it? Was it a doctor? No, someone that was in, high in the field of, um, of 12-step. I have a lot of chevra. These are the, the heroes, the heroes, the other type of heroes of today. One of the, the person that's leading uh, you know, the 12-step program for many years told me that um, the most dangerous drug, he said, for most addicts is, what do you think? <laughs> no, mind-altering ones. <laughs> no, 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 you're talking about a midah. I'm talking about actual drugs right now. I'm talking about drugs. I'm talking about substances. Why? LSD? No. Huh? No. No? This is great. I don't have any conversation about drugs. Huh? Marijuana. Why? Because, on a certain level, it's nishta. This can sound insane. It's nishta here, nishta there. Meaning, like you were saying about gateway. Meaning, it's it's not. You could still be both. When you're when you're tripping on acid, you're not you're, you're not in this world. You're not here. You're not here. Volume. You're you're not in this world. You're you're, you're michutz. You know you're out. Hellenism had the ability to make you still feel somewhat okay about the level of Judaism that you were connected to while you were completely really being immersed with a different thing, a different pulse. But you still kind of looked Jewish. Do you understand? That klipa, Rav Kluger is going to explain to us, is, is the thickest layer of a klipa. Klipa means a shell. In our context, it, it means a divider, but it, it also means like a concealment. Because the things that are clearly take me out of this world, that's, I don't have to work so hard on, on defining that that's something that's wrong. The things that I'm like, I'm both, so I don't, know, I don't really know what to do with it. And maybe it'll eventually drag me to a really, really you know, dark place, uprooting me from inside. Uprooting me from mamash, maybe fnim. Yavan is that klipa, and we're going to discuss this. Um... We're, we're in the middle of the fourth paragraph. After the words, Slowly, slowly, the whole shape of Am Yisrael started changing. The tsura, Like, what we, not just what we looked like, but bichlal, what, what we were composed of. We started changing. We're not saying that Tarbut Yavan caused people to start doing Averas. We were doing Averas before, and we definitely started, we were doing Averas afterwards. That's not what Yavan brought, brought, brought on to us, right? We already know, we had already the first base on Mikdash. We know already how we lost it, right? And we also know about the second base on Mikdash. Tarbut Yavan eno medubar ba'averot v'chata'im. It caused a change 
in what a Jew looked like, thought like, acted like, and, 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 and more of whatever you could fill in into that, into that category of words. It's not necessarily they started doing Averas. Uh, they started bowing down to idols. They started being like, uh, you know, bad things, uh, horrible stuff with all types of immorality. That, that wasn't it. In fact, on the contrary, Greek culture spoke in the name of a higher moral ethic, like the schools of Harvard and MIT and Penn. Depends on the context. Sorry, depends on the context, but the context was usually very um, ethically, right? Good Purim, everybody. It was ethically like a higher, higher standards. So you actually felt like, actually, you know what? Maybe there were even a verot of ben adam l'chavero for sure that you stopped doing. Could be. With the klipa of Yavan. Why? That's not how... Uh, proper Greek gentlemen conduct themselves, right? It could be we even stopped doing certain stuff and felt much better about ourselves and even felt righteous and holy in the name of Greece, in the name of, of that which is really working on the opposite, which is exactly what we're seeing in the world of academia right now and much more than the world of academia. Now he is going to explain this a little bit Kabbalistically. We're just going to touch upon this for a second, but don't, don't go too far. The klipa of Yavan, again, klipa means shell here. How do you say it? What, what, what word do you Husk, use? Shell. Husk. It's this klipa that's very, very close to Kedusha. Again, a klipa that's completely Tameh is far from Kedusha. Like if a klipa that just says the whole world is Hefker, the whole world is anarchic, the whole thing is Mishinaz, I don't have to struggle too much with like figuring out eventually that's not for me. Like I go, I go through a rebellion and then I realize that's Mishinaz. Klipa Yavan is coming and, and making you feel this really may be okay. This actually sounds right. It makes a lot more sense than everything that anyone else told me. It makes me feel better about life, these decisions, this, this culture I'm taking on, this demeanor that I'm now uh, appearing through. This klipa, this klipa of Yavan is referred to in the Zara Kadosh as klipat noga. Okay, now, anyone that's learned Tanya is very much familiar with this terminology. I'm going to say it in a nutshell. In the Tanya, the world of the Tanya, the world of the Tanya, and the world of Yiddishkeit, but the Tanya is the one, the Tanya, the one that draws down from the Ariza on the Zara Kadosh, explaining to us about a concept called that there's shalosh klipot tmeot legamre. There are three shells, husks. Husks? Yeah, yeah it's a good one. There are three layers of concealment, put it like that, that, are, that, that cover up Kedusha, that are completely tameh legamre. Gimel klipot meot legamre. Those are not the stuff that I have to work hard in this world. I have to come to learning and understanding this is wrong, legamarno. Klipat noga. No, and it's so funny when I, uh, it like, because it's such a beautiful name, you know, Noga is, is the one of the, uh, the, constel- the stars, right? 
It's a very, it's a very planet. It's a very, it's a very common Israeli name. But you'll never find a Lubavitcher girl named Noga. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I had a lot of Nogas in my class growing up in Ranana. Noga was like, a, I guess, a very big name in 1979, 1980. It's not a name you're going to find in Kfar Chabad. You don't call a, a, a girl Noga. Because Noga in this context is the klipa that is me'urbav ben tovera. Like, it's, it's like our story in this world, to do berur and klipat Noga, to clarify the things that I have to that may seem really, really good. It's actually very connected to what we're learning with Rav Kluger on Thursdays, Bichlal, about doing a birur, doing a clarification on the things that I'm not so sure I should be involved with in this world. Maybe yes, maybe no. Removing myself from the picture, looking at it from the outside, and then making a conscious decision whether to continue or not to continue on it. That's, that's more or less the klipa of Noga. So Rav Kluger says the klipa of Yavan is based on the Zohar, the klipa of Yavan is the klipa that's closest to the Kedusha. It actually is almost touching the Kedusha, but when it's not almost touching the Kedusha, it sucks you completely into the world of the, klipa, the Shalash Klipas Tvenas Legamre. And that's why it's so confusing. That's why, life, that's why life is so confusing. Because of the world of, I'm not so sure. The stuff I feel bad about, or not so bad about, and I do them, and I always say, okay, whatever, when I'm older, I'll stop doing it. Those are the things you know are not klipas noga because those are the things that you know it's wrong and you somehow gave yourself a heter to still do it for whatever the reason is, right? I'll start the diet next week, right? Whatever, whatever that means, right? I'll stop doing that next week or tomorrow. Klipas noga is this place where it's so close to the Kedusha that it's so confusing. So look what he says like this. medubar begimel klipot me'ot. Klipat Noga hu iruv tovara. The klipa of Noga, that is the klipa of Yavan, is this mixture of good and bad. Now look what he does here. The gematria of the word Yavan is 66. Noga is gematria 64. So what's between these two things of Yavan and Noga? Gematria of the Heichal, the word Heichal, which is where, which is also the gematria of the shame, Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, is 65. So he says in a Gevaldiga thing here, based on the Arizal, you have the word Yavan, you have the word Noga, right? And in between these two words, 66, 64, and 65 here is the Uveheichalo, Kulo Merkavod, the Heichal, the chamber, the chamber of the heart, where the Torah is, where the name of Hashem that we refer to as Master is right there in the middle. This is on a number level. It sounded so right. The culture that was being offered, the mind games that were being offered to Yidin, for, 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 we'll see how long in a second, really sounded right. So it was so hard to, to remove the shell from the fruit, the klipa, the outer layer from the actual fruit. This is how deep the noga was, that it surrounds, it's almost touching kedusha, but it's so dangerous, because those are the things that eventually are the ones that can be the most self-destructive. When you look at other movements that have been born out of Judaism as movements, and in the beginning, maybe it started in the name of Judaism, 
it's not things that sounded so out there in such a chiddush. It's dafka the things that sounded, no, this this really sounds like this could it, we we could learn this out from here. We could learn this out. And that's how things began. Like what? You know, don't say it. it's just going to say bad things about you. Then I don't want to say it, but you could leave, leave it to your imagination. V'chen, v'chach, le'at le'ach hafach tarbut yavan. So suddenly, so slowly, slowly, tarbut yavan is flipping everything over. Halach v'kam dor chadash legamre, and then a new generation starts to be born into a world that says this is probably what the new Jew looks like. This is what it's like. This is what Judaism is today. When it says, that darkness is covering the face of the universe, Chazal say, that Choshech is, the, that's always referred to as Yavan. That's Greece, that's darkness. The story of Hanukkah is a 180-year-old story. The Greek culture began to penetrate into the pulse of Am Yisrael for 180 years. 180 years of, of displaying a new type of a Jew. It wasn't a week. It wasn't a month. It was 180 years. Now, I don't know lifespan back then. But it's probably about four years. Yeah. I don't listen. I, I don't know exactly how long. I don't. I don't know the. We have the ages of. Uh, I don't know Matityahu and the Maccabim. I don't know what it is, but it's. I, I would give or take about four. It's about four generations, of people being born into a, a world and saying, "Okay, you, you." Maybe they had brisses in the beginning, at least, right? And then, like, okay, this is a Jew, and this is also a Jew. And again, it's not. We keep Shabbos, and then we also go to the movies. We're not talking about averot. We're not talking about Averot. We're talking about an un- deeper understanding of what the inner shape and form of a Jew is. We're talking about the ekronot of emunah. We're talking about a, a, this is before the Rambam, obviously, but we're saying it's a Jew that would probably have looked at the 13 principles of faith and the, of the Rambam, if they had that available to them, and, and they, would, they would cry and laugh over the pathetic state of a Jew that buys into this stuff. But they would probably still go to shul on Shabbos. Right? It's crazy to think like this, but it was mamash and irbuv. It was such a mixture of good and bad. Now maybe for the first generation that was talking, it was like more of a struggle. But then you're born into it, and that's all you know. That's all you know. And that's what you're giving to the next generation. And this was happening for 180 years. So by the time the story of Hanukkah is happening, it's like, think about it. Where, when, what was the time? Like, is it in the modern era at all? The second Beit HaMikdash. The second Beit HaMikdash. Yeah, what were you going to say? I said it actually feels like it's been happening for 2,000 years. No. Which part of it? This the, to this level? I was no, going like to say... Like an Irbuvia of... Uh, of Tovera. I was going to say, um, I was just focusing on the number 75, but yeah. But yeah. To a certain extent, to a certain extent, yeah. Um, I'm thinking it looks like, you know, the concept of rationality, something that's tangible, logic, science, right? That's what, it, that's the change in the mindset. It's, it's much more that, yeah. 
But then, like, Gamara learning and all the other learning they did, wasn't there, like, logic and rationality and whatnot in that, if that, if that is the, the difference? The, well, Bavel, right. right. So we're, we're in a different generation first. Like, the Gemara is after this whole story, right? Way after. We go to the Gemara. The Gemara starts to be formed about 60, huh? Yeah, but Bavli is, Bavli is not here. Bavli is like, I don't know, I don't know exactly, maybe 70 to 100 years after this. So this is the first introduction of rational science, like... Right, it's not like, only that, it was, it, that was part of it, that was probably like the, the enticement, 100%, 100%. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just sciences, it wasn't just philosophy. Logic, it's all of that, everything that you can see that you can prove, like the Greeks, they love the form, the body, like, so I'm just trying to understand... Right, but but Greek culture was was more than that because eventually what ended up happening is that we have some very uh, twisted edut from what was taking place in the world of uh, Greek culture. It wasn't just thoughts. Yeah, it was. This is the beginning where they lost their uh, the beginning. Right, it began like that, that. and we were and the trajectory and the trajectory was was mamash like that direction. Right. In, uh, leading us to a complete, like a complete self-destruction from inside, based on our like what we said, what we thought was like, no, this makes sense. This is coming to our conclusions. But the the craziest thing is, is that where were we living? Like, what was, what did we have while this was happening? The base Hamegdash. But we, it's did. But we still like, listen, give me today. I mean, I want the whole thing, but. Give me a tour of the second base on Migdash, I'll take it. You know what I mean? It was, we still had a base on Migdash. We were still in a reality that there was a center. There was a Beit Migdash. Nachon. It wasn't like the first one and the Chevra giving you a tour and showing you the Kohanim is not Chevra that you could trust and everything, but we, there, was, there was still a base on Migdash. It wasn't a world void of, there was a world with a Beit Migdash. It's crazy to think like this. Because we're saying to ourselves, wow. For 180 years, there's such an infiltration of such a tumma into the minds and souls of Yidin. Like, what did, what did, like, I wonder what Yerushalayim looked like. Well, you, you, you would see a Beit HaMikdash if you went to Yerushalayim, which made, which made the mind game even, even crazier. Listen, in our modern times, we could, we could really relate to this. I'll tell you why. You could say to someone before 1948, like, you say, say to someone in Majdanek or in Birkenau or in, you know, God knows what, and say to them, you know, after this, there's going to be millions of Jews moving to Eretz Yisrael and rebuilding the whole place, right? So what would be their description of what Eretz Yisrael and the Jew would look like? Looking at it from there. Like a Mashiach and nothing less. And then you'd share with them like a little bit of the Klipas Yavan that's still here in Eretz Yisrael. They wouldn't be able to relate to it, just like we can relate to. If you have a base on Migdash, how could this hundred and eighty years of, of this of this craziness happen? That's how dangerous Klipas Yavan is. Do you understand? That's Choshech. That's how dangerous the Choshech is. But this is all leading us to a very good place, which is the, the optimism that I I personally, if I don't hold on to this right now, I'm going to lose my mind today. So I have to like literally. <laughs> don't worry, not literally, but you know what I'm like. It feels like we're reaching a place where we need something concrete to hold on to, to feel like 
you know? El Ha'or. El Ha'or. So he, he's, he's, he's going to take us there. I, I, I want to continue because I just have a few more minutes. I'm sorry. So this is 180 years, nachon? Ve'az, betokev cheshchat ha'galut. When it got to the deepest depths of darkness, kshekvar halchu kama dorot ba'am Yisrael v'hurgelu b'makat ha'choshech shel tarbut yavan, after a few generations are now being born into the state of darkness, of the darkness of Yavan, Dafka then, Kamu Matityahu Ubanav Lihilachem. Where in the world did they get this from? You understand where they're appearing? From where they're appearing, Matityahu and their ch- they're not they're not appearing. They they were not born, they were not alive when uh, pre Yavan. Uh, they weren't there. They, they never tasted what it was like to like, they weren't alive in the first base of Midrash, so they didn't see the Shechina, the way it was in the first base of Midrash. And I don't know how much they even knew Chagai Shari Malachi, because I don't know the exact years, or any of the prophets that were still around in the second base of Midrash, I don't know. I also could assume that if they're alive as warriors, they're probably a little bit younger than older people at this stage in life. Older meaning hundred year old people, they're probably younger, like in their fifties. I just said that to make everyone feel good right now. They're younger in the right. And there, these are the people that are getting up. Where in the world did people that have no nothing to really how do you explain, how do you rationalize the Gvur of Matityao and the Makabim? Especially when you look at the context of the picture. So Lachen Omrim Bechola Nisim Baala Nisim, so that's a typo. Lachen Omrim Baala Nisim Baala Milchamot, Shasita Lavutenu, Shizahu Kama Yudin Lakum Ulehilachem. That certain Jews merited to get up and start fighting. Vyuvan Od, to understand how ludicrous the situation was, look what he says. Vyuvan Od Bamashal Neolama Gashmi. We're going to learn now more from. Let's understand this more parable from like a down to earth to show you how extreme it was what they did. Look at this. Reality, like we know it, is is different. It changes every few generations. Not nature, per se, but things that have become natural to us. Right? I love that word. Mishtarshim. You know, you know what that word means? Things get rooted. <coughs> and they become to us normal, natural necessities of, of life. But it's only to us it's natural and a necessity. Previous generations it wasn't. right? Someone chooses today to live without water and electricity. Hello? They'll be, they'll be considered Meshugana. But listen, how, how, how old is the world? It's thousands of years. It's just the last hundred years that now everyone has electricity and, wa- and running water. hundred years ago, more than hundred years ago, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. 
He's not even speaking about a cell phone. He's saying, <laughs> he's saying, imagine someone comes to the crazy idea that they're not going to have a phone in their home. Does anyone no, use, huh? <laughs> who has phones in their home? You know what happened? It's our phone has been broken. Our home phone has been broken for probably six, five or six years. I wanted to fix it because if, if one of the younger kids that doesn't have a phone was, would be home, they'd be able to call us. I brought a better technician a few times and they Fixed it three times and nothing. Last night, or two nights ago, we're sitting in the house and suddenly the weirdest sound. <laughs> it was the first time the house, mamash, the first time the house phone rang in about five or six years. And everyone's like, what's that? Right? And I'm thinking, that was life, you know, that was, what do you mean? And it's even one of these phones that has a cable, it's not a portable phone. So it, 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 it's not cord, it, it, it's, mama, it's a cord on it, it's like, and you have to stand close to it to be able to talk. And the kids were like, what is this, right? And I'm thinking, this was, this was, I mean, this was normal. Well, well what happens if you weren't home? Well, there was this other box that had a tape in it. <laughs> and they would have an answering machine, then you came home, and you pressed a play button, to, hoping you didn't delete it, and... Right? So every few years, Surah the Bria changes, Nachon. Who had So he's saying, if a person decided today to not have that, right? It's like, imagine you know someone and like, okay, what's your number? It's like, yeah, it's not my thing. What do you mean it's not your thing? I don't want to be a slave to something that's not part of my, my existence in this world, which is much more real and authentic and MS than, than any justification for using a phone, but to us, that, would, to that person would seem like they're, in, they're, in, they're insane, right? mamash keneged That type of a person is going against the shape of, of, the, of the Bria of today, of the way the world functions, okay? A million percent. A million percent. Such a, it's such a good example that it, it just shows how if it's such a good example you have to look at both sides of it for real for real, for real mm-hmm. you have to understand this is what was going on in the time of Yavan years that everyone my father, my grandfather I didn't sit on his lap on Seder night and he wasn't telling me my Zaidi was my Zaidi was telling me what do you think he would tell you on Passover night? Because you would. There'd be a minhag, you, you sit at a table, maybe you eat a matzah. But what would be the pride that a grandfather would tell his grandson at that time of the hundred and eighty years? Wow, once we were slaves to this whole crazy idea of like, you know, cherut and everything, but look, wow, and now we raised you into a world that we can really be mavdil ben or lechoshech. And that's the, how a kid was raised. Mm-hmm. The whole generation, that's how they were raised. Lefeta, mm-hmm. out of nowhere, kamu matityahu banav, v'ichlitu lilachem al zeh, v'mesirus nefesh. And out of nowhere, matityahu gets up and his children and something, like this would be like a great thing to delve into throughout Hanukkah. Me'efo zehigia. Like what really, how did, how did they find this 
within them to go and fight for this? What was really the trigger? What was Mamash the cause to bring about such gevura? Right? It's different than our times. What's the trigger and the cause of the gevura of the chayalim of today? The worst and deepest humiliation our people have ever suffered. That's where it's very different. You can't compare these stories. It's a different thing. Being a gibor is the same, but the cause of gvura is very, very, very different. What brought about Matityal's gvura? Me'efu zeba. V'advarim, Rav Kluger says, V'advarim chuzrim menasim be'emim ahem. V'azman hazeh. But you know what? This is still, it's still, it's still in the air. Chlipat Yavan, it's still in the air, and the need to become a gibor is still in the air. בזמן שבני ישראל מדליקים נרות חנוכה, כל יהודי ויהודי מקבל את כוח, that's not כל, it's not a lamed, חטא, I'm sorry, I typed this in, in, the car, in, in the car on the way to an event last night, so I'm, I'm sorry about this. כל יהודי ויהודי מקבל את כוח החשמונאים בעצם נפשם להילחם על נפשם. What is it that I receive when I'm lighting the menorah tonight? What do I receive? What comes as a boomerang back to me? Cool. I have the koach right. to fight for regaining my Jewish posture in the world, not just mm-hmm. Jewish pride. That too. And that's going to be felt a lot this year. But that's just halfway. You understand? All the chevra that are now wearing Magen Davids, and now they're like, identifying as Jews is 50%. There also has to be an uprooting from within, within the way that, within the different schools of thought that have infiltrated into our brains that we don't even realize. The Klippas Noga is so convincing, we don't even realize how far gone we've, we've become with certain concepts. And I received the koach to, to identify what that is and to fight over it when I'm lighting the menorah in the schut of Matityahu. And his sons, this Rav Kluger is the... This happens when I'm lighting the candles. But now we can understand much better. It's not that I receive koach to stop doing an Avera. Again, that's not Hanukkah. That's not the Indian here. That's every day. <laughs> that's every slach lanavinu kichatan and every shmonase. That's not what we're speaking about. And we're not even speaking about things that each, each generation, Chachamim say, stay away from. We're not even talking about Takanot Chazal. We're speaking about something else. When we're speaking about Greece, this is not what we're speaking about. Ela, Hamedubar Hu Al Klipat Chitsoniot. And we're also speaking about a thick, thick layer, which is very, very close to Kedusha, but really opposes Kedusha. One of the examples I could give today, I think it's very clear, especially in the world that we were all more or less raised in and born into, is that I have the Koach at the Hanukkah candles to look at certain people in cultures to see what kind of effect they've had on me and the way I think and feel and realize 
at, at the end of the day, this is actually opposing Kedusha. We gave an example of someone of this two weeks ago. Remember? Who did we mention? Eric Clapton. It's a great example. It's a great example. Because Eric Clapton has made many of us feel like a schmuck for many years, right? Like, uh, uh, he's just an example. He's just an example, right? That's a, but that's even an easier one because when you come out so blatantly like he has, then it's not Noga anymore. He like removed himself from Noga. He went up to the top three, right? But we get the koach from the, from the Nerot of Hanukkah it's not, I'm going to go out and find all people that I hate. It's not that. It's not, it's not the avoda. It's the fight over making, making sure I look inside my tzura. It's a, it's a tzura of a Jew. It could be also like waging war on worlds of philosophy that I enjoyed very much and made me feel very intelligent. But at a certain point, it, it uprooted from me the emunapshuta of life and of Yiddishkeit and of Torah and mitzvahs. I would say that's probably much a dangerous thing. Rav Kluger says, I can't tell you exactly what this means. I can't define this for you, because the klipa is so sneaky, the klipa of Yavan. Even though we're not talking about averot, we're talking about the things that are what? Pogmot be'adinut u'bezakut ha'nefesh ha'yehudi. We're speaking about things that blemish the adinut. How, how do you say your name in the trans- like, explanation? The delicate and zach, refined state of a Jewish neshama. The Jewish neshama, the Jewish soul is so fragile. It's so delicate. It's also very strong, but it's so delicate in nature. It's so pure. It's so refined that this, the dark forces of the world find it as a very easy target because it knows it's very sensitive, so it'll wrap itself up through emotions. Or through philosophies that, that make you feel smart and come in and mamash wage war on you. And, and these things blemish the, the, the simple, I'm a Jew and Hashem is one and the Torah is emet and I'm holding on and it's all going to be good. That's what, it, that's what it fights, right? Ubi'imei Chanukah mekablim et kochot hachashmonaim la'amod ulilachem. The days of Hanukkah, I get the koach of the Hashmonaim to stand up and fight. Le'achzir et hashra'at ha-shechina be-Yisrael, to restore the presence of the Shechina in Am Yisrael. Ule'ayir be-pratiyut kol ish u-beito. And you know what happens, which, which is to me the highest thing in the world? What is it? The last few words here are probably the most important ones of the, of the lighting of the candles. Ule'ayir be-pratiyut kol ish u-beito. The Jewish homes look like Jewish homes again. The home, the fabric of home looks, looks, smells Jewish again. It, it, it doesn't mean it looks like you're going to dress up like your great-grandmother did and you're going to eat what your great-grandmother... That's not what we're talking about. Those are outside things. But the general thing, that, that bright light that shines in every Yiddish home begins to shine again. And that, with, with the amount of devices that are right now in every Jewish home, it makes it that much more difficult. I'll tell you, I was planning on, what was it? I was planning an emergency meeting on Monday after Simchas Torah. I was planning this in the beginning of Cholamoid to have an emergency meeting in the Kehillah regarding like 
let's figure out a way to just all of us call out the destruction that's happening to our children through devices that we gave them because that's the, that's the chukei abriya. But let's, t- let's discuss it and let's figure out something together and make a, make a community-wide decision how we're going to approach this if we all get the same exact type of phone that can keep our kids in contact with us and that's it and nothing else or something like this. Because it, if we're going to be real and learn a Torah like this and not call this out, mm-hmm. then we're, 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 we're kidding ourselves. But something, something happened in some Torah and that meeting didn't happen. But I'm just remember. It's crazy. I'm remembering this now. A thought I had about about sixty, about seventy days ago. This is a real thing. These words kol ish that the home looks like a Jewish home again, that it feels like a Jewish home. It has the smell. It has the fragrance of a Jewish home again. And this is a beautiful teach. The Ari says like this, when you have the kavanah of Nir Hanukkah, so I don't know what the Nusach is in your home, and by us we, we say like the Nusach of the Ari. Don't worry, it's not, you don't have to change. I'm just saying this is how we do it in, in our house. Nitsa, you guys probably say it like this. Right? Yeah, that's that's Nusachari. Rashi Tevot Nachal is also That's what the the tefillah of the candles is. My soul is waiting, is longing to reconnect to you again, to go beyond all these things that have taken over my mind. These days arouse a passion and a drive to simply be close to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, so, Bemet, if any of us are able to do this on any level, in a, in a time like today, Tavo Elechem Abracha, you should be blessed infinitely because it's very, very difficult. It's very difficult to even allow ourselves to learn a Torah like this. Like, before I came into it, I said, Hashem, I, I don't want to feel guilty. You know, you understand? Like, I don't want to feel guilty even learning a beautiful Torah like this. Because I feel like anything that's not full-on frontal, you know, wiping out this evil, but I have to, I have to remember this Choshech of Yavan is also part of the whole story. In fact, a chunk of the mess that we're in is a clear result of Choshech of Yavan that went into the minds and brains of decision leaders, makers in this country. So it's a full front war. It's a full-on war. And this is part of it as well. So I have to do my job to make sure that the next door, our children won't accept that the reality we've accepted living in this country is a reality at all, ever. That my children should ever, ever be scared to walk the streets of Eretz Yisrael, ever, is basically as insane as so far out like the time of Hellenism, right? But Abba, there are rabbis that also accept, you know, that this is just the mitziyut here in Eretz Yisrael. And you know what? Hellenists were rabbis. You have to understand, there were rabbanim that walked around looking like rabbanim that, act, that, that thought and acted like Hellenists. It was such an irbuv. The stories in the Gemara on this. 
It wasn't the just... The centers in, in uh, Europe were in Greece. The biggest... Yeah, this is how crazy it can get. And it's, you know what? When we're laying the candles, this thing, Hashem Yisbarach, this crazy poison consciousness that Yavan has put into the reality of living here, please let me identify it because my children will never forgive me if I don't. Ever. If I give over to them the first 75 years of acceptance of what it means to be a Jew in Eretz Yisrael, it's just as bad as giving over those 180 years what would have been to the next generation at the time of the second Beis HaMikdash. I know it sounds harsh, but it's, it's quite simple. It's not complicated. We should, and this koach, to stand tall, firm and clear, we receive the moment we're lighting Lahadlik Nechanaka. This is what happens to us when we light the candles. We should be zolcha for this, and we should be zolcha for also, like we say, we're going to say in Elan Nisim, ready from tonight in Marev, Ula Amcha Asita, Chua Gdola Ufurkan Kayom Hazeh. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, um, be, we shouldn't settle on anything less than massive, huge nisim, huge miracles. And the of everything holy that's happening right now in Amisrael.